from the combined crew of blindandroidusers.com and accessibleandroid.com, it's time for your favorite Android podcast. Kick back now and enjoy another fine episode from these fanboys and gals as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here's your crew. Hello and welcome to episode 135 of the Blind Android Users Podcast. I'm Ed Green and I'm joined this week by my co-hosts Warren Carr, Austin Pinto, V. Dunn, John Dyer, Doug Cameron, Marion Mosen and Sally Kunders. And we are coming to you on Saturday the 8th of July 2023. It's a busy one for you this week folks. We have our usual announcement section. Then we move into the Android Basics, where we continue our perambulation through the Play Store. We then have a spotlight section where Warren and John continue our uh, look at the Google Fold, and they give us a review. In the app of the week, I take a look at Google Calendar. And in the tip of the week, Warren shows you how to de-link devices from the Google Assistant to make it a little bit more responsive. So how are, how are we all? How is life in Samsung's fair city, Yanak? Sally, how are you? Well, I'm doing great. It's very sunny these days and burning hot, like 30 degrees here. And are you watching the British Grand Prix? Uh, no, but I, I will watch the cricket and uh, keep an eye on the under-21 final, which is happening now. I'm not a big Formula One fan, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's exciting, though. Yeah, lots of sport going on this weekend. Mariam, long time since we've heard from your Hudud. How are you? Um, not bad. Not too, too bad, I'd say. It's uh, really hot here as well. I think summer is starting to show very well. And humidity is very high, actually, because of the Mediterranean, as always. Um, I've been kind of busy with uh, musical stuff. But for the most part, um, it's going well. I have yeah. uh, some working out to do sports. and uh, yeah. Nice. I'll be in Egypt next month. Coming really? on holiday. Yeah. Okay, we have to meet then. Let me know what okay. you want. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh coming for eight days next month. So uh that'd be good. Okay, we should meet them. <laughs> yeah. Uh John Boy, what's going on in Virginia? The babysitter's out of town this week. My wife is gone, so it's just me and the kiddo right now. So we're just hanging out watching Disney movies if <laughs> If you hear any random sounds in the background, that's what's going on. But it's been a good week. Where's the wife lit? She went to visit a friend in Seattle for her 40th birthday. Ah, the friends or the wife lit? The friends. (laughs) If if all she wanted was to get away from me for her 40th birthday, that that would not be good. Ah, you know, have to let them do what they do, don't you? Dougie, Doug, Doug, how are you, darling boy? Uh, not too, too bad. You know, baking and as usual, sitting today, it's supposed to be like 28, 29 Celsius. Tomorrow, probably 30 or higher. So trying to keep it, keep it cool, keep it calm, and stay away from the sun. Nice. Has the world of air conditioning uh, come to Alberta or not? Um, in the world of portable air conditioning, it's been here for a while. <laughs> what about in your house or flat? Oh, or we, what are you doing? We, we, dude, we're in a flat. We, we got a house, but Has yeah, it, 
we've kind of opted not to go with the whole concept of like central air. We just have a portable air conditioner and fans. Keeps it cool enough. Okay. Fair enough. And Austin, what's going on in Mumbaiingtons? So Mumbai, the rain is increasing and increasing day by day, and the weather is getting even more better. That's good for me. And it's all normal. Nothing very grand or good here. And uh, one news is that our office has given us Fridays, no, no, Saturday, Sunday holiday from now on. So from next week, we are going to have holidays all Saturday, Sunday. So that's good news. Maybe I may have, I may contribute more segments or more demos to the podcast. So how many days a week were you working previously? Previously, we yep. were working uh, five and a half days. Now it's only five days. Wowzers. Well, that is good. Glad to hear that. And uh, Carl, what's going on in Warrington State? Well, you guys have to be proud of me. I I doubt it, it you own pixels. I'm not proud of you, but I'll try. <laughs> it was Wednesday. So I was sitting in my backyard uh, that day. I was being lazy. I didn't have to go anyplace. And my neighbor across the street, so it was the day after uh, July 4th. And he's, he's like, your tree is on the sidewalk. I'm like, what? I'm like, stop the BS. <laughs> like, no, your tree is on the sidewalk. I went to the front door and believe it or not, my plum tree, so heavy from the fruits, broke clean cut from the very bottom, you know, laying on the sidewalk. So yesterday I spent some time, you know, cutting it using an axe and, you know, tried a, a chainsaw and it, the thing got bent, the blade. And so I used my axe and I was, I spent over three hours, you know, uh, cutting that thing out. and But I'm glad I got it. I got one limb left, you know, that's laying on the ground. I need to chop that and put it in my backyard. Other than that, and this was like 95 degrees, believe it or not, it was so hot. Absolutely oh. hot. So, And what do you do with it when you've chopped it? Just like I put it away. all in my backyard, you know, so we will make fire with it, you know, so that's yeah, yeah. firewood. Yeah. So, so is the tree dead or it won't grow from the stump with it? That's gone, is it? It's gone, but one yeah. half of it is not because it's just very interesting. It's one of those trees that grows like different limbs or whatever, different shoots. And so one part of it, one little part is still alive, but the bulk, very heavy, big one, uh, it's all gone. Lots of fruits all over the sidewalk, all over the street. I had to sweep that crap off. Any of the fruit salvageable or is it all gone? So the fruits are not yet ripe. It's just like they're green. They're not yeah. even ripe at all. Uh, so, usually by this time of year, they would be ripe since like June. But because it was too cold this winter or this spring, it it's kind of like late. I mean, last couple of years, our fruits have been late because we've had like very wet, cold uh, springs. Yeah. So this is one of those springs. And so, yeah, all of that, it just, you have to see it. It's like someone dump a whole... Uh, you know, truckload of <laughs> whatever fruits in my yard. <laughs> so you just have to dump, you have to dump the fruit then. Isn't that not good for anything? I sw- I swept it, I swept it up, and my friend said, "Hey, dump it in my yard." I'm like, "Good. Uh, next year you have a bunch of plums there. That's your problem." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I did um, scold my wife, by the way, Katie Kins, for something you posted uh, about 
Pixel being the second best-selling phone in Japan. I, I, I scolded <laughs> her about her ancestral homelands, uh, poor choices, and how it should be better because she is she is uh, uh, Japanese descent. Now, I wonder. I wonder if some of it is the South Korea Samsung rivalry, <laughs> but she says not. She says not now. She thinks that they would buy Samsung phones, but they they should be buying beloved Sony phones anyway. So I don't know what's going well, on that's very interesting you mentioned that, though, because, I mean, uh, Sony's from their home. And yeah, it's so not sharp. even showing up anywhere there. And out yeah. here, I am pining away for, you know, like something like Sharp. I wanted to try something from Sharp, but it doesn't even fit uh, anywhere there in Japan. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. They know a good thing when they see one, so... The Pixel, it sells more in Japan than it does here, even in the US. Apparently so anything but Samsung, according to, according to <laughs> Japan. Yeah. Petrix, about how are you? Um, yeah, not bad. It's a bit cooler than other places, London. Um, it's been a bit warm. The other day it got up to 29, but we were supposed to have thunder today, but we didn't. We just had a lot of rain. Um, so, yeah. It's kind of humdidded here, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's it's sort of muggy and kind yeah. of near. Uh, I I I'd quite like some thunder, actually. That'd be quite good. We got um, soaked today. We got kicked off a bus. It was diverted in central London. We got off and it absolutely siled it down. So oh, very so it wasn't unusual. You were misbehaving. You actually, it was a diversion. It was. They didn't just well, go. Ed, you're annoying. Go away. And get off the well, bus. Well, I was annoying. Like <laughs> yeah. every time I get off a bus, I always ding the bell when I'm getting off. Not not like to stop it once it has stopped because there are poles Why? by the door. I just feel like it. You're such a uh, child. Yeah, that's what Katie Kittens and Mitsuko say as well. But we got kicked <laughs> off this one because it diverted um, and uh, absolutely siled it down. I'm on the same page as you. Dinging it when you get off, that's so much more fun. <laughs> it's so good, isn't it? Well, that's a song, isn't it? You can ring my bell. Um... Ed is just a very naughty, naughty, naughty boy. That's all I can say. <laughs> Likes to break the rules. <laughs> yeah. He does. I-, I tend to concentrate on getting off the bus. Because sometimes Thank the drivers shut the door <laughs> quite quickly, and you nearly don't always. Sometimes it's like, ah, let me off, because um, they're trying to shut the door, and you're like, no, I need to get off here. No, um, you need to slow down. Like, like they say, you know, take time to smell the flowers, take time to ring the bell. This is the announcement segment of Blind Android Users Podcast. Stay tuned to hear important information regarding the podcast, surveys, and the latest news. Now we turn to our announcement section. I have one. The only announcement I have, and I I could have done this as an app or tip of the week, but I ran out of time. Um, Some of you might have heard of Threads, and this is... Uh, Meta or Instagram's uh, answer to Twitter. Now, I have had a look at the Android app, and it is pretty much accessible. Um, It's not branded as Meta, which I think is quite interesting. It is branded as a sub-brand of Instagram, and it signs you up through your Instagram account. Now, if you don't have one of those, but if you have a Facebook account, then there might be a degree of seriality you need to go through, go and get an Instagram account. I have one because I had to enter a competition. 
then uh, go and download Threads and have a look at it. And this is, as I say, Meta's answer to Twitter. Um, does it matter? Well, it had 10 million users in its first day. So I would suggest it kind of does. You know, people are worrying about Mastodon and everything. And, um, uh, you know, Threads is going to eclipse that. There's no doubt about it. The only thing I would say about it is when you are on your, I don't know if it causes your timeline or your feed or whatever, you have to swipe through everything relating to a post. So if you are on a post, then uh, you'll have whatever the buttons are, you know, share, repo, uh, uh, repost, reply, you know, w- whatever all the buttons are. And, and, they're not, and you have to swipe multiple times to get past all of them to get to the next post. So if you are comfortable scrolling, I would suggest that. But um, certainly posting a thread, uh, following people, is all very accessible. You have buttons towards the bottom of the screen. So it's, it is absolutely fine to do that. It's very like Twitter. Threads are tweets. You can reply. You have mentions. You uh, search for and follow people with at. Um, so, you know, it's all it's all fine. As I say, the, the, the only slightly thing is uh, navigating through the feed is cumbersome. But if you do want to give it a go, uh, don't worry. It's it, It's accessible, if not fantastically usable so something else i want to add it's actually pretty accessible but i've tried it with csr and apparently this seems to be a problem when you're scrolling through the feed so sometimes it actually shows you so it shows you the the content of the thread first the post and then it shows you who posted it which is kind of weird and then sometimes it might not actually show you the contents of the post it will just show you like that someone has posted something um when you like scroll deeper like into the app which i think sucks sometimes um so i think this is the only accessibility problem that i've seen so far um as far as i know but otherwise i think it's, it seems to be pretty accessible i think the other side on ios seems to be experiencing some accessibility issues but you're talking about just to be clear for listeners you're talking about using csr which is commentary screen reader and not yeah, exactly. talk back. Yeah, I have not tried it with talkback. I'm not sure if it, it's actually the same thing happens. Have you tried it with talkback, Ed, or CSR? Uh, talkback, but I haven't. Oh, okay. I haven't gone particularly deep, so I, ha- I haven't scrolled a long way down the feed. I've, I've also tried yeah. with CSR, and it's the same for me. I I couldn't find it quite accessible scrolling through the timeline. So I hope it's get fixed. Um, yeah. I think I probably I, I probably tried it enough with Talkback to say that it worked. I think I scrolled far enough down the feed with Talkback to suggest it didn't present a problem. I, I didn't go very deep into it though because if you don't have many followers, it, it sort of suggests content, but it, it didn't seem to be problematic. I didn't sort of go, you know, twenty posts in or anything though. So maybe, maybe it's a thing, but um, it it seemed to work with Talkback as far as I could tell relatively well but maybe other folks go have a look at it i was reasonably impressed with it um so something else i'm kind of curious about um in terms of threads does it have any like a character limit because i know twitter does mastodon does on some servers um not sure about threads though i don't know i thought that threads is 500 yeah 500 characters yeah no i don't think so because i think i've tried posting something that's above that it actually did post the official thing said was 500 characters. Um, but, you know, really, 
the odd thing is that you know one has to have that Instagram or whatever. I think that's that's not a very good thing. Um, no. What if one doesn't want to be part of Instagram, for example? But as of yesterday, you know they have like fifty-seven million people. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. Well, and and that's why they did it. That's why they. Uh, uh, did it through Instagram and not as a separate brand of Meta because they knew that Instagram had so many accounts. Oh, already. I see what that, you mean. That, that was sense. the point. Yeah, that was the point. Yeah, like Instagram's got that's like, brilliant. Go, yeah, of course, brilliant. it's an absolutely gene. It, it's the best bit of marketing I have probably seen this century. To be honest, maybe later on, you know, when they think they have enough people, they yeah. will open it up. If you don't have Instagram, you can come on. So that that's was no brilliant. Deal. <laughs> because, because, like, I had to, I had to get Instagram to enter a competition to win some tickets, and, and I'm on Facebook anyway. And it just like it says, "Do you want to use your Facebook account?" And I'm like, "Yes, please." And then I had an Instagram account, but because because they did their Instagram, they had all the users already. Like, it's absolute genius marketing that. Talking about apps, guys, we got our app bonanza coming up on the 29th, and we've asked you guys, you know, to kind of send in your apps. So please, if you have an app that you've been wanting to um, hear a demo of, you could just record that or you could just send it to one of us. Or I mean, send it to our email. If you can do it, let us know if someone would be free to do that app demo for you. But our app, Bonanza, the third one is coming up on July the 29th. So send in the apps that you would like to have us talk about or record and send us demos that we'll take a listen to and if it's good we'll put it on do check if we've already reviewed it though because unless there's a significant update we might say well we've already done that so yeah, yeah. the easiest way to do that is probably to um there's there's an app of the week playlist isn't isn't there on um youtube yeah, so, or, or just do a search on the channel, I think, is probably easier. Uh, put the app name in. Make sure it's the uh, channel search and not the YouTube search, though, and that will probably be the easiest way. Yeah, or just type blind Android users and then the name of the app, and that will... Yeah. yeah. So I'm absolutely not calling an individual out, any individual out here, because I know we all have lives and stuff, but collectively, you've been absolutely pitiful at this. Uh, you want us to review apps, and we can only do so much. So please, somebody, step up and submit an app for the App Bonanza. Please, several people do it. Uh, that would be amazing if you possibly could. We'll do what we can do, but it is a community, and we do need the community occasionally to do something. So that would be brilliant. Uh, as Fee says, though, check uh, whether we've done it before, and the easiest way to do that is the YouTube channel. This is Android Basics, in which we bring you up to date on the things that you should know to use your Android phone. And now we turn to our Android Basics section. And I have a rant about this. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> but uh, we hand over to Warren to introduce the next section in our look at the Play Store. As we plow our way through the Play Store, we come to the ninth entry, and I can't believe that we've had eight segments from the Play Store, but the Play Store is massive, and frankly, if we're going to do any justice to it, we want to make sure that no stone is left unturned. And talking about no stone left unturned, you know, now and then Google introduces something, and this is one of those cases whereupon 
by the time something came through, we had gone past that area. And so before we talk about today's entry, which will be continuing from the place settings, which we'll be talking about a couple of items in the way of the network preferences and purchasing authentication, I would like to talk about something that came through and that's found in the Manage my apps and device. That's when you tap on your username and then you move your finger down and find that manage apps and device. You're going to see your updates and all of that. And in there, there's something I want us to talk about. And that has to do with syncing or sensing devices. I will now show you what I'm talking about. So now I am in the menu and I'll move my finger down and tap on Manage Apps and Device. Manage Apps and Device, 2 of 7. I'll go ahead and tap here. Manage Apps and Device, Play Store. Manage Apps and Device, Out of List. I am here now in that area where we have things about updates and all no of that. No harmful apps found. Play Protects, updates available. 147 updates pending. Two so I got 148 updates pending. But the one I want to talk about is below here, and it has to do about installing apps so if i install apps here i could choose to have that app automatically get installed on my other devices provided that they are on the same account here's what i'm talking about sync apps to devices no devices synced four of six sync app to devices no uh, devices in sync because i haven't chosen to do so so if i tap here for example navigate up button out of list and I'm going to put my finger near the top so we hear the information. Sync apps to devices. And moving my finger down. No devices synced. I hear no devices sync. And below that. Apps that you install on this device will also be installed on your sync devices. So if I choose to sync some of my devices that will be showing below here, every time I install any app on this particular device, such an app will also get installed on my other app. Samsung SMG991U1. Checkbox. Not checked. Okay. Hisense High Smart TV A4. TV. Checkbox. Not checked. Google Chromecast. TV. Checkbox. As not you checked. can see, these are... Google Pixel 7 Pro. Phone. Checkbox. Not checked. You know, the list goes on and on. So if I check any of these, then every time I install an app, particularly from this phone, which is my Pixel 6 Pro, that will get installed on the chosen device. And now that we have touched on that, now let's go back now and focus on the items that we want to talk about today. And that would be from the settings. And we're talking about a couple today. We're talking about the network preferences, basically when you're downloading things, and the purchasing authentication. Let's now navigate back to the top and go find that settings. Manage apps and device. Manage apps and device. And I'm going to go back. New apps we love. July's picks. And that takes me back to the main UI of the Play Store. I will now tap on the top right corner on my username and... Go tap on settings. Signed in as Warren Car Warcare at Gmail. And I'm going to tap here. Account and settings. Close. Button. And now we move to the bottom and tap on settings. Settings. One of two. In list. Two items. Here is settings and we'll tap here to activate. Play store. Navigate up. Button. Out of list. 
Now, last week, we looked at the general. That was the first item here in the settings. And we're looking at the second item from below there and the third item. So the second item below the general item is... Network preferences, data usage for downloads, auto updates. Click to expand the network preferences settings section in list. That's the first one we want to take a look at. And I'll tap here to expand this area. Click to collapse the network preferences settings section. Expanding that area, here are the items we find. App download preference over any network. So here is the app download preference, how you want it to download, especially whether you want it on mobile data or not. You could tap here to go set how you want to do it. If you leave it on any network, then it means whether you're on Wi-Fi or on mobile data, you'll use whatever network that's available. I'll show you what I'm talking about. Google Play Store. App download preference out of list. And we got... Over any network, data charges may apply. Or... Radio button, selected. So that's the one that is selected by default. Over Wi-Fi only. And the radio button below that... Radio button, not selected. If I check that, then it means it will only work on Wi-Fi. And... Ask me every time. We got ask me every time. So in other words, every time there's an update or I want to download something, it's going to ask, hey, what network do you want to use? You want to use your mobile or your Wi-Fi? And I'm going to go to cancel. Ask cancel button. Play store. App download preference over any network in list. Moving away from here, we come to the next item. Auto update apps. Auto update apps over Wi-Fi only. Auto update apps over Wi-Fi only. We come to updates and auto updates. So in other words, you could change how your updates are done, whether they can only be done when you're on Wi-Fi, or if you want, you could set it to where it could download on whatever network that's available to you. I'll show you what I'm talking about. Google Play Store. Auto update apps out of list. And putting my finger down. Auto update apps. And moving down. Over any network, data charges may apply. We got the first item is over any network. Radio button, not selected. And that is not selected. The next item. Over Wi-Fi only. We got over Wi-Fi only. Radio button, selected. And that one is selected by default. Don't auto-update apps. And the last one is don't auto-update. And below that. Radio button, not the selected. Radio button. So in other words, if you don't want your apps to automatically update, then you could choose this. And that means you have to manually um, go to your updates. I'll tap on the cancel. Cancel button. Play store. Auto update apps. Auto update apps over Wi-Fi only. In list. Moving away, we come to... Auto play videos. Auto play videos over Wi-Fi only. And that has to do with playing videos. And you can go in here and change how it does it for you. That's the last item here in the network preferences. The next item, which is the second item we're looking at today in the player settings, is the one that has to do with purchasing authentication. And here it is. Authentication. Fingerprint. Purchase authentication. Click to expand the authentication settings section. And I'm going to tap here to activate. Click to collapse the authentication settings section. The first item will come across. Biometric authentication for Google Play purchases on this device. And we got... Biometric authentication. Switch on. And it's switched on. 
Require authentication for purchases, for all purchases through Google Play on this device. And you could tab here if you don't want it to require authentication on the particular device you're working on. So, for example, if I tab Google Play Store, purchase authentication, out of list. Then we have the following. Require authentication on this device. And for all purchases through Google Play on this device. For all purchases. Radio button, selected. And that's selected. Next. Every 30 minutes. Every 30 minutes. Radio button, not selected. Or never. Never. Radio button, not selected. In other words, if you choose a never, then every time you make any purchase on this device, you wouldn't need to make some authentication. But it does say something here at the bottom. To protect your account, authentication may be required for purchases in some apps regardless of settings. So in some apps, it may still require uh, your authentication. So I'm kind of imagining if it's a big purchase, they may want to make sure. And then below that, we have the cancel. Cancel button. There we go. Play Store. Require authentication for purchases, for all purchases through Google Play on this device, in list. And that's the last item here under purchasing authentication. And I'll now hand it over to the podcast crew. And let's deliberate about these things. Thank you, Aaron. Um, I will ask everyone else what they think in a minute. But uh, I do have an issue with this purchase authentication thing. Um, now, I, I am fairly security conscious, if you accept the fact I sideload APKs. You know, you know, I have a third-party security suite on my phone. I never, ever connect to public Wi-Fi. Um, I always connect behind a VPN. And I would never advocate that anybody uh, turn off authentication for purchases. But at the same time, you know, if you want to be silly and turn that off, I defend your right to be silly. And it should never be the case that you are occasionally asked to be authenticating purchases when you've set it to never. It's like not having a screen lock and being asked to enter a screen lock. It's absolute nonsense. And why is Google doing this, Warren? So the only thing that could come to my mind is, you know, like I said, I think maybe if a purchase is maybe like a big one, maybe say it's a hundred dollar uh, purchase or whatever, or, you know, like gamers and, you know, uh, incessant uh, in-app purchases or whatever. I think those things can go up by the thousands. I was reading here and I can't believe that, you know, some kid uh, blew up, you know, $60,000, you know, <laughs> in-app purchase of games and all of that. So, I can see how that would be that, you know, maybe something when it's getting incessant that it may need uh, some sort of an authentication. I, I don't know, but uh, really uh, it just doesn't, if I've chosen never, then let it be. But I think they're also looking out for you in the event that maybe you're like Ed and you went to the pub and maybe had a, one or two and you didn't mean to. Say the words, <laughs> you know. That's the only thing I can think of. But frankly, I don't know. No, I mean, like I think to be fair, for the absolute record, if you said this to never, you're an absolute idiot. By the way, but I, I want to defend your right to be an idiot if that's what you want to be. Um, then why don't <laughs> I, I don't get it? I, I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from. Um, and for the record, I don't think I've ever been to a pub. Have I been to a pub, fee? 
<laughs> oh boy! Uh, now you haven't been to a pub, uh, Ed. Don't believe. I think so. you I might have been to quite a few pubs, Ed. I think you've been to a pub. No, I think you've been to lots of I pubs. I remember. I remember an episode that we had someone doing it from a pub, and if my memory serves me right, really? which I believe is still good, it was Ed. Was yes, it? it? Was, was it? Was yep. it though? Yes, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, tell that nine. to my two-year-old. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, was, the, that was the episode of me being the Android journey guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I have my authentication set to never. Do Are you? you disappointed in me? Yeah, yeah no, because you've because got a child. I, 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 I defend your right to do what you want, but what I don't think you should have to do is then authenticate. Yeah, true. I mean, my my thinking is, if my phone is unlocked, I did it. So, I don't leave my phone, you know, screen on, sitting somewhere for somebody to pick up and buy something. So, I just how long did it take your phone before it locks? What have you set it to? Five minutes. Okay. You 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 mean you might the screen wanna, turns itself off? Yeah, you might want to reduce that with a child around, though. If if your child could accidentally. By apps. I heard of a case once where a child of three uh, clicked to order a really expensive car on eBay once. So just, <laughs> wow. you know, let that be a lesson before it has to be, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah I saw a TikTok where they ordered, like, on DoorDash, like, uh, 500 hamburgers or something from McDonald's. Yeah, that was amazing. Wow. I, saw, I saw that too. Oh, that was absolutely fabulous. Um, and one of our school friends, uh, iPhone, uh, uh, their child booked a viewing on that house, which is nice. It's a good job they didn't say. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I don't know how this... No, like, presumably they must have been vaguely thinking about it because there was some sort of estate agent app. Like, I don't know how you do that accidentally if, if something wasn't in the offing anyway. Like, how, how yeah, do that's... you find... I don't have this agent app on my phone. You know, exactly. <laughs> so I, I'm guessing they must have vaguely, but yeah, the child uh, booked a viewing uh, on their parents' house. How old was the child? Uh, oh, two. I think that what Ed was trying to say is that if I have chosen never, then don't give that occasional happening that I need to authenticate. So. Yeah, it's uh, I, a bit see, weird. I see it's a uh, point here, but uh, like I said, you know, probably they're just looking out for you. But if I if I decide to be, you know, whatever, I know what I'm doing. So if I'm cho- yeah. I've chosen never, then let me keep my never and don't don't bother me about it. But the good thing is that that would only happen on that device, so it's not a cross device uh, setting. No, and and if we wanted to be infantilized, we'd buy an iPhone, wouldn't we? Well, Apple does that for us and prevents us from doing anything because it treats us like children. Uh, and I don't think we do want to be infantilized. So uh, please don't do that, Google. The one part that I want to talk about is that the network thing. Um, you, does anyone remember when it used to be that, you know, if you just plug in your phone, you have updates waiting and it'll just auto update. I noticed that mine is doing that again. You know, for a while it wasn't doing that. And then I realized now it's doing that again. But um, it, it, was that just me seeing that or has anyone seen that? 
I'm not know, sure. I've always had I've always left auto update on, so I don't know. What I think's really weird though is how slow auto update is. Like it doesn't happen yeah, it very be. often, does it? Like yeah, you went true. in and you had a hundred and you had maximum break, didn't you? One four seven. Like why haven't they just instantly updated? Yeah, that's true. Like, it's I like it tells that. you that you have available updates and then you're like, okay, I have auto updates on. What the hell's going on, you know? And then you never know. And also it it's very late. So like if an update comes, um, the beginning of the week, like the week, it might actually just get to you. Like it's there, but it doesn't auto update like until two days it's, later. It's yeah, it's it's there. Very interesting. And I think that it happens if you plug it in, though. Um, and so if it's not doing anything and it's plugged in, then it will automatically update those. I, I think some of that's what I saw in one of mine. But and that used to be the case. I don't know why um, Google hasn't. You know, kept it that way. But things keep changing, you know, on the Play Store. You know, next time this is happening, next time that feature is gone, it's just unbelievable. You know what really winds me up? When you go and use an app and you need it immediately and it goes, and you need to update. Oh, hey, that. Envision, I'm looking at you. Envision AI, Envision AI, Envision AI. Stop yes. it. Yep. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. It sucks. Because like I have I'm a beta tester and it doesn't get updated. What the hell's going on? Like yeah. every single time you go in there to do something and it tells you like there's an update. You need to update the app. I was like, okay, okay, why isn't it updated like automatically? No, but why? also don't make it so that I have to use to update the app to use a feature that already existed. Like I need to Before. scan text now immediately. Yes. I don't want to update an app. I don't care whether yeah, I don't, I don't want to have to say to people, oh, hang on, wait a minute. Oh, no, I'm not ready yet. No, I haven't read it yet. Oh, dear. No, I haven't read it yet. No, it's like, a joke. Envision need to sort this good. immediately. But the, the, other thing, the other thing that annoys me about apps is the, that if you don't use them for a while, they get disabled. You can turn that off. Oh, good. I'm going to then. Yeah, uh, quite how you do it depends on your phone, but it but it essentially prevents apps having permissions that you know if if they somehow get malware invaded. Uh, but but you can stop it doing that. Quite quite how you do it varies on your phone, but yeah, you should because turn it off. It's very that, annoying. That's really annoying because like sometimes you're busy and you don't use like um I don't know yeah. Dolphin Easy Reader or something for a while. And you have to reconfigure the whole thing when you open it again, and it's a nightmare. It's really annoying. It mostly happens with the Samsung phones, and you can just go into per application info and you can turn it off. Can but you, you can turn do it off for all apps? Globally. Though? You can turn it off globally, can't you, Sally, I think? No, you need to one by one. Oh, what? But no, I don't think you do. I'm pretty sure you can do it globally. So if you go into uh, the battery settings, it's there's you can set which are deep sleeping apps. Well... You could turn, what? you can unsleep them for all at once from there, but I don't know if you could. Yeah, but I don't want to have to wake them up. Off. I want them not to have gone to sleep. There's probably. You know, a I, I'm, I'm a human. I need sleep. Apps don't. Sorry, they just don't. <laughs> stop I'm it already. Sure, I, I'm pretty sure you can stop that globally. Um, well, yeah. If you if you go to the apps, though, you know, toward that bottom uh, where it talks about you know, apps, whatever, you can, t- you could disable that feature, say, hey, you know, don't put my apps to sleep. 
yeah, even I think if can. I don't use them, you know. So yeah, I think that's right. But for me, I like that feature because, frankly, the apps that probably I haven't used like in more than a year. You know what I mean? And I, no, I, just I had one. That. I had like, one. Oh, I hadn't no, used. I didn't know I have this on there. I had one know? I hadn't used for just two or three months, and it was disabled already. Yeah. And that was very. And that was Dolphin Easy Reader. I'm looking at you. Dolphin Easy Reader, Dolphin Easy Reader, Dolphin Easy Reader. Stop it! Uh, go easy on the boys. I like those boys. Uh, I'm not going easy on anyone. No, speaking of Dolphin Easy Reader, I remember him purchasing, purchasing a voice through them. And then it was a pain in the neck, like trying to purchase the voice. And then trying to return it again because I wanted something else, like another voice. And it was, I remember I returned it and I received the refund email. And the voice, the voice was still there. I'm not even joking. <laughs> yeah, it was just well. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, I think to be fair, Jonathan's granddaughter. Uh, that that's all right. I, I think for you, it might have been your phone that made <laughs> Dolphin fall asleep rather than Dolphin. I don't think it put itself to sleep. I think that's Samsung that did that. <laughs> I think so, but I don't think Dolphin sells voices anymore. It looks like they don't anymore. I'm not sure. That was like a couple of months ago. Well, it seems to me they only use like the Google voices. That's all that they have now. I, no, I they do think... computer. They do computer stuff though as well. They're, they're well, I'm, just... I'm talking about the easy uh, reader. Is that yeah, not the one they used to? About? They used to be like the, to sell the vocalizer voices. Like yeah, Amazon that was like nine dollars, and that's the one I ran it about. But they don't have that yeah. anymore. I don't see yeah. that at my end. I'm. I'm not. So, like, if you purchased some, you still have them, but you cannot purchase them anymore, right? That's annoying. Yeah, yeah I, I hope so. But I got my vocalizer like voices I don't from the voices there anymore. My my vocalizer voices were from Code Factory. Vocalizer. I yeah, yeah exactly. I, I bought mine from Code Factory too. Yeah, yeah. but Fee, what we're saying though, the um, the vocalizer from Code Factory was is like three dollars ninety nine cents. But the ones coming from Dolphin Easy Reader is like nine dollars, and so. But the, the problem with Dolphin was that it wouldn't let you use uh, locally available um, PTS engines that you have on your device. So you have. Yeah. Oh, you mean PTS. for reading text? Yeah. So, in text. Oh, I, I yeah. never use it for that. I only I only read audio. What books. sucked more was the fact that you could you have to use the default one that you're using, but you cannot use something else unless you buy from them. Exactly. And oh the no, voices, that's naughty. And the voices were like more expensive than the original ones. However, you can't even use them as like your TTS engine. It's like you purchase them for 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 like Maybe higher price, and then you can't use them with the system. I yeah. think Same we with, I think we need to get Dolphin on for, and then we could have roasted Dolphin. But they're not doing that anymore. They, Look, they they're not doing the that anymore. And no. I'm not blaming them because his voice remeter is the same. So like you have to purchase acapella voices from them, and then you cannot use them with the system. And they used to be, I think they're not ex they're not more expensive than the acapella voices themselves, actually. So if you purchase an acapella voice, it's the same price, if not less. Yeah. Does that Kindle workaround work? You know that weird thing we demonstrated where you can have a different system voice and a different Kindle voice. Will that work mm. on Easy Reader? No. No, nowadays, like I said, Easy Reader just exclusively use, uh, at least at my end, just uses the high quality voices from Google. And that's it. Yeah. But do you remember? Oh. Do you remember when we showed the Kindle TTS splitting thing? 
where you go and you can set yeah. one engine. Will that work on Easy Reader? I don't remember if it did because, you know, I was a little bit pissed off uh, uh, with uh, Easy Voice Reader um, because of that inability to, you know, yeah. um, use my locally available um, TTS engines. Because we did that on Kindle, didn't we? We fixed it. Well, we showed a fix, which is a bit weird, but it worked, where you could have a different Kindle voice to the TTS. Do you remember we demonstrated it? So yes, we did. Will that method actually work with Google Play Books? Because with Google Play Books, it's well, the that's same what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, maybe I'd, I'd go and have a look at it uh, and try it on Easy Reader. This is the Spotlight segment. Stay tuned for premium interviews, device unboxing, and more. move to our spotlight section where warren and john give their thoughts on the google fold hi this is warren carr from blind android users podcast last week john and i did an unboxing of the pixel fold that is a duet unboxing as we both unboxed our pixel folds at the same time today however i'm doing a little review of the pixel fold there's not much to talk about when it comes to the system settings. If you're familiar with the Pixel devices, everything is the same. The only thing I want to highlight here may be a thing or two. And the first one has to do with the fact that unlike any other foldable device out there, the Pixel Fold is the one that you can exclusively use the outer screen if that's what you want to use without the need of unfolding the device. We talked about the physical or the uh, hardware parts of it last week. And I think the one thing we didn't mention, I don't remember, but the battery is like 4,821 mAh. And that's what the battery capacity is. So if you're using the device unfolded, of course, it's going to be eating up your battery. But if you keep your device folded, it will last longer than when you have it unfolded. So, as I indicated, everything is usable right here on the display. So, if I were on an app, for example, while it's folded, and then I unfold it, then it'll take me straight to that app I was working on. The same thing happens if I was working on an app while it is unfolded, and I decide to fold it, it'll take me to the last app I was working on while it was unfolded. I am on my home screen and I'm going to show you a couple of things. The one thing that I like is that you can use these apps side by side, only two at a time. Unlike the Samsung Foldable, that I believe you can use up to four apps at the same time, uh, this one gives you only two because each one takes the full panel. So you can only use two at once. As to that of the Samsung, you can use two on one side and two on one side. But I think I prefer the fold or the implementation from Google rather than the one from Samsung. It's not a bias, it's just saying. So here I am. Gmail. Home. There's Gmail there. Gmail. Play Store. There's Play Store. Gmail. So let's say I tap on Gmail. Mail. Search and mail. Search and mail. And I'm on the outer display. For Basil Woods. Producer, forums, me, Warren, too new. 
So that's Gmail. So now I'm going to unfold the device. Sound settings. Lands. Whoops. I somehow activated my... Mail. Search and mail. Search and mail. Assistant there. So here I am. I have unfolded the phone. And on my left panel, Taskbar of course, hidden. as soon as you open the fold, it defaults to the landscape mode. And I really hate tablets. So I don't see me using this thing as a tablet. It's not for me. So uh, here I am. On the left-hand side will be my inbox with all the messages, whether read or unread messages. They're here on the left-hand side. And on the right, select a conversation. There's nothing on the right because if I open the message, then it will display that on the right panel while my left panel contains the red and unread messages. For example, Basil Woods, producers of the month, producers of the month. Isolate so generate master let's Raphael. Let's say I tap Radio. on this. Producers of the month, out of list. Now I go to the right panel and I should be able to read that email French message. French Italian polymath. Raphael is known for creating the band Young Futura and working with artists such as Trey Songs, Lloyd Banks, Raekwon, Lucky Day, Asher Roth, Suni Colon, Nambe, Tim Atlas, Petit Noir. I just tapped uh, to stop it. Now I'll move my finger to the left panel and I have... Primary, Enlist, Forums, Me, Warren, Too New, Basil Woods, Producers of the Month. And producers there's still of the month. that message Isolate that I read there, so now... Forums, if, me, Warren, too new. If I tap on the forum, that's the BAU forum. Forums, page, out and, of list. Unread, Warren, two messages, flight TTS, re, blind Android users. So if I tap on this one, for anyone who didn't already it will take speed. me. I don't think you're missing anything for not trying the flight TTS. If I tap on this message, for example, it will move to the right panel. So watch. Flight TTS. Re, blind Android users, eloquence for Android is dead, at least for anyone who didn't already have it in pager. So now if I put my finger on the right panel. Warren Carr, 3.40 p.m. Hi, Steve. I don't think you're missing anything for trying the flight TTS. I haven't tried it in quite a spell either. I think I tried it like a year or a lee. So, see, there it is. It's reading. It has traded places with that one from Baselwood that I was reading. And now that one from Baselwood is now on my left-hand panel as a red message. Unread. Valiant 8086. Five messages. So blind if I, Android I tap users here. Blind Android users recognizing images in the photo gallery. Page. In pager. And now if I move to the right. Valiant 8086. 527 p.m. Hi. There's uh, Aaron's message there. My S21 has a Bixby vision option in my photo salary. Using that makes it give me an admittedly pretty blah guess as to what the picture is. Maybe the ops phone can do that too. There you go. So that's how it works on the split screen. So your messages are on the left panel, that is your inbox, and all the settings and all of that. So basically, the right-hand panel is only intended for reading, and while the left panel contains the items. I'm going to navigate away from here. Home. I am back home, for example. And the next thing I want to show here before we bring this to a close is the fact that I want to look at how the split screen works. And I'm going to swipe from the bottom with two fingers and then hold to activate that split screen or the recent apps mode. Recent apps. Settings cast. 17 of 19. Enlist. 19 items. 
Now, what happens is that when you activate the recent apps, then the items are found in a row. There's like four to each panel. So the left will have like four items, and then to the right, you'll have uh, the, the right panel having four items. So for example, if I put my finger on the right, I got Google Play Store, Play Store, 18 of 19. And to the right of that, Gmail, 19 of 19. And then below that, Settings Cast, 17 of 19. And I move to the left panel here, Phone, 14 of 19. And to the right of the phone, Settings, 16 of 19. And then below the phone that's on the top left, Chrome, 13 of 19. And to the right of Chrome, Android Accessibility Suite Talkback Settings, 15 Android of 19. Android Accessibility Talkback Settings. Now, let's try to open two things here. You know, in other words, we're going to have them run side by side. And like I said, this would only run side by side, one on the left and one on the right. So let's say, for example, we want to uh, activate... Uh, Gmail, 18 of 19. So let's say I want to activate the split screen. So I Close. down... App Info. Split screen. And I tap. And now I need to tap on the second app to open up. Google Play Store, Play Store. Play Store. 512 play points available. Taskbar hidden. We have Ends on July 13th, Play Store. Get to know your new Pixel Fold. Now, if I want to change these uh, layouts, if I want to move, say, my uh, Play Store to the right and then my uh, gmail to the left then i find the middle where it talks about split screen split screen divider out of list window and split screen divider i could just uh, slightly move my finger just before the fold double tap and hold and drag and i can move that place tour to the right i'm going to do that now let my finger go there we go Get to know your new Pixel Fold. Open up the possibilities. Enlist. Window Play Store. Now I have the Play Store now on the right and the Gmail. Basil Woods. Producers of the Month. Producers of the I Month. I have Primary. that on my left. Now, if I put my finger on the Fold Get to know your new Pixel again, Fold. Again. Split Screen Divider. Out of and List. Window I swipe split down. Divider. Left Full Screen. I could tap here to give the left panel a full screen. Left 70%. Or make it 70%. Left 50%. Left 50%. Left 30%. Keep swiping. Right full screen. Right full screen. Activate. And if I don't want to do that, then all I can do is just tap again. That is tap just before the fold and then either move left or right. Moving left will mean that I am giving priority to the one on the right panel. And if I move to the right, I'm giving priority to the one on the left panel by increasing it. I do want to mention here that the phone calls work very Gmail, well. Home. And, Monday, July um, 3rd. The only thing, however, I was hoping that when I slammed the phone shut, if I had it unfolded, and I'm talking and I got mad at John or mad at Gary, that if I slammed it shut, it will stop the phone call, but it does not. That was what I was hoping for so that I'll hang up on John. Uh, <laughs> but it doesn't do that. Again, the phone calls sound really good. And I could turn this volume up and it doesn't distort my screen reader or, you know, my TTS. And this time I'm going to close it 
and I'm going to slam it closed just, f- just for Karin because she wanted to hear Monday, that. Monday, July 3rd. There screen we go. Off. I slammed it and it says screen off. So it shut my screen off and shut off my screen. And if I just press that power. 6.56 p.m. Device locked. Unlocked. And Device there unlocked. we go. Home. My screen is, July 3rd. is unlocked. Now, there's something I want to show here before we bring this to a close. That is, if I bring down my notification, notification. and then I pull it Quick down settings. again. Expanded. Page one of two. Out of list. And Page here. One of two. Off. Off folded. Auto rotate screen. Switch. Six of eight. And there it says off folded because it's telling me that it is not unfolded. So the fold is not on. And that's one thing you find there in that quick panel. Now, before I bring this to a close, another thing, though, that you may find interesting, or if you like it, is that when you are in a typing mode, then it will show the split screen. So, for example, if I unfold it. Landscape, 6.58 p.m. It is unfolded. Showing split keyboard, home, Monday, July 3rd. If I swap app suggestions, showing split keyboard, search apps, web and more, switch input method, home, editing, search apps, web and more, edit box. So my screen, or rather my keyboard, is now a split screen. So you can put it on your lap and knowing that you have one half of the keyboard on the right and one half on the left. That comes in handy. I just wish that virtual keyboards would let us put our fingers down and once I find my fingers on the home row, then I should be able to type, you know, a little bit better. I'm going to try that and see what happens. See, they don't let us do that. That would be so nice now that my fingers are on the home screen and if I could just position my fingers on the left panel on the home row there and my right fingers on the right panel on the home row there. Say I have my left fingers on ASDF and then semicolon LKJ on the right, and we should be able to type like that. I think that will be a win-win situation. But that's been a quick review of the Pixel Fold. It's a great device. If you like foldables, this is definitely it. And if you don't like foldables like me, or if you don't like tablets rather like me, then if you get it, then just use it, fold it. It's a great device, all the same. You're listening to the Blind Android Users Podcast. All right, so now it's my turn. I'm just going to touch on a couple of things that Warren didn't mention and then give my own thoughts about the device. So first I'm going to bring down the notification shade because this is something that's also different when you're using the large screen. Quick settings and notification shade. Nine four off color inversion switch. So as you could see, it said notifications and quick panel. So when you bring down the notification shade, you're going to have everything here Altogether, you have 100% display brightness slider. You have your brightness slider and then off color inversion switch. You have six quick toggles under that. There's room for eight, but for whatever reason, there's only six here. So if you want to get to more, you'll have to swipe to the side with two fingers. But that's two more than you get in the regular 
notification shade. This is all on the left side, so that brightness slider and the quick toggles are all on the left side. And then if you have media playing, at the bottom of the left side is where you'll have the media player. And then on the right half of the screen is where all your notifications are going to be. So unlike on a phone, or I should say unlike on a regular phone, where you have to swipe down once to get to the notifications and then swipe down a second time to get to the quick panel, you'll have everything here right away. So quicker access. Now I'm going to back out of here and go to the home screen. Color inversion. Um, Thursday, July 6th. So now I'm here on the home screen and I just wanted to describe how this is different. So the way this works is you're going to see two pages on the home screen when you open it up. So whatever your main home screen is and the home screen that shows up when you swipe two fingers to the left to go to the next home screen page, those are both going to be visible here when you open up the device. So it's like two home screens at once. And then under that, you're going to have an extra icon on the dock. So I guess six is better than five. I don't know why they just added one more, but you can fit six on the screen when you open it up. So whatever that sixth icon is on your dock is not going to be showing on your home screen when the phone is closed. So here on the left side, um, Swappa. I have Best Buy, eBay. all my normal icons. And then on the other side, Play or pause. I have my widgets for my different media players. So basically what I had on my main screen and my secondary screen are all here at once. And if you add a third and fourth screen, that will be the second page of this screen when you open it. Another thing I wanted to mention is that if you have the navigation buttons enabled rather than gestures, that will let you have the taskbar, which is basically the dock, always showing. So I have the buttons enabled now, so I'm just going to show you what what that's like. Hum. Chase. Hum. Roborock. Nest. Just open Nest. Front door. Nest. Nest cam video playback view. So here I am in the Nest app. Let me back out of that view. Open Nest menu. You have eight new messages. Button. And even though I'm in the app, at the bottom of the screen Phone. is basically my dock. So the first icon apps list. is the apps list. So you can click this button to get to your app drawer. And then... Phone. Messages. Gmail. Play Store. This is basically my entire dock. YT Music. Always showing. YouTube. At the bottom. And then you hear that sound because that's the end of that section. But if I swipe again. Back. Button. Then we have the navigation buttons. Home. Button. Recents. Button. Accessibility. Button. And I have my accessibility button enabled. That's assigned to reading mode. So I have access to all this at the bottom of the screen all the time. I mentioned in the Pixel Tablet review that I didn't understand the point in the taskbar because it hides itself, but I discovered that on the Fold and on the Pixel Tablet, it will always be there if you have navigation buttons enabled. So I, I don't know if that's enough for me to do it because I like having gestures, but that's an added benefit of having the navigation buttons. So first I'll talk about the software and my impressions of it. So basically 
this feels very minimal, whether that's just the pixel experience or the fact that this is a first-gen product. I'm not sure. I guess only time will tell. But there is not really any specific settings for that large internal display. For example, on the Samsung Fold, you have different options like you have the ability to set separate home screens. So you could have the internal display have a completely different home screen from the external display. You can also set the apps on the internal display to format however you want. So whereas here on the Pixel, as Warren demonstrated, you're going to get the tablet app where it's usually a side-by-side type of format, you could set that to only show the phone version of the app on the internal display if you want. And you can also customize on a Samsung phone, foldable, I should say, what happens when you close this phone? Does it continue to show the app on the external display or does it turn off the screen? And you can even set it for an app by app basis. Like if I'm watching YouTube and I close it, that means I just want to keep continue watching YouTube on the outside screen. But if I'm reading news and I close it, that means I'm done. So turn the screen off. That sort of stuff is something that Google might add in the future. But as of right now, there's really no settings specific to that internal display. Something else that I want to mention that I actually forgot to bring up in the Pixel tablet review is that when you bring up an app on this internal display that's not tablet compatible, it's going to put the portrait version of the phone app in the center of the landscape screen. So you're going to have these black rectangles on each side of the screen that you basically don't use for anything. And the thing about that is to make it more reachable, Google has made it so that if you double tap in those areas on the edge of the screen, it'll bring the app over to that side so that you can reach it better with either your left hand or your right hand, whichever side you decide to dock it on. But the problem with that is you can't double tap with TalkBack enabled, so you actually have to turn TalkBack completely off and then do that. So that's kind of an awkward interaction. I haven't found a way to actually be able to do it with TalkBack enabled, so hopefully that's something they can improve in the future. So before I transition into hardware, I want to talk about the battery because that's sort of a hardware slash software type experience. I just need to say that my battery life on here has been awesome. I, I've been shocked, honestly. So I'm going to show you. I'm going to open this up. 9.57 PM. Device locked. Unlock. Battery settings. Battery. 45%. About 14 hours. 16 minutes left. Window battery. So as you can see, I ha- I'm down to 45%, and I've used this phone a lot today. Battery usage. View usage since last full charge. Battery usage. So I'm going to scroll battery. down to the bottom just to find out what my screen time is. System, use- system usage since last full charge. So I'm going to open system usage. Screen. Total. Five hours. Three minutes. 20%. So I've gotten five hours of screen on time with this, and it's only down to 45%. That, for me, that's really good because I always keep my screen at 100% brightness. Screen off. Ringer silent. So I've been very surprised with that. I even, 
the other day I got down to 20%. I, I was using my phone all day. So I looked at the screen on time and it was eight hours and 20 minutes I got out of that phone and only used 80% of the battery. So the battery on this is really good. That's the thing I was worried about, but it's the thing I've been most impressed with. And it might be because I disabled the 120 hertz refresh rate. I knocked it down to 60 because my experience and what I've been reading online doesn't line up. Um, I've been very impressed with the battery life on this. And as far as hardware goes, I love this phone. It's so it's a little awkward if you're a one handed user. And when I say that, I mean you hold the phone in one hand and you use your thumb to do all your navigation and you use angle gestures and stuff. That's how I use my phone most of the time. I understand that most people hold their phone in one hand and interact with the other hand. And if that's how you use your phone, then the size of this isn't going to bother you. But the fact that it's as thick as it is when it's closed makes it a little awkward if you're a one-handed user. It makes it harder to do gestures. And even double taps are more difficult with uh, the angle that your thumb is hitting the screen at. But I think Google has the form factor down. The... External display is better because it's shorter and wider and more shaped like a regular phone. And you have enough room to type on a QWERTY keyboard with it. And the internal display is already in landscape when you open it. With with the Samsung's version of the Fold, you have to open it and then rotate it to get it into landscape. So that's a little awkward. I prefer the form factor of this by far. And the fingerprint sensor is, it's just been, it's like night and day compared to any other Pixel recently because having that fingerprint sensor on the power button is so much better than having it in the screen. Google just, they really messed up that (laughs) implementation. So it's much better like this. The other thing I wanted to mention about the power button though is it is almost identical to the volume rocker. There's no texture on it and it's really long. It's just as long almost as the volume rocker. So I get confused which button I'm pressing. And a lot of that has to do with coming from a Samsung phone where the power button's on the bottom and now the power button's on the top. So it confuses me. There's no tactile difference between the two buttons. So I just wanted to point that out. Another thing is, and this has always been a problem for me, The back tap feature is not very reliable. If I have it on the regular setting, it's always going off accidentally. And then if I set it to be less sensitive, then I can't get it to trigger. So that's been very hit and miss. The screen is very bright. It's very bright for a pixel, I should say. It's not as bright as my Galaxy phone, but it's definitely bright enough for me. And the speakers on this are really good. I like that they have complete separation, so it's not an earpiece speaker, but it's an actual upward firing speaker and a downward firing speaker. But the only thing about that is that when you open this up and you're holding it in landscape, your speakers are not on the left and right. There's a little bit of separation, but for the most part, you have the left speaker firing upward and the right speaker firing downward. So It's not the greatest stereo experience when you're using the phone like that, but in my case, it doesn't really matter. I almost always have 
earbuds in when I'm watching media on my phone. I hope I didn't ramble on too long, but I just wanted to share my thoughts on the device and what I liked and didn't like about it, hardware and software related. So thank you for listening, and I hope this has been informative. Thank you very much, boys. One thing I would say, Warren, when you slammed that phone shut, do you know what it sounded like to me? Oh, boy. Uh, do I want to hear this? Uh, <laughs> Probably not. Probably nobody does. Uh, yeah, take a step at it. Sally, do you want to guess what it sounded like? Ah, I see. Like a Yannick. <laughs> being a Yannick being smacked. It sounded oh, like God. a cheek being smacked. <laughs> I did that I with Karin because Karin uh, wanted to hear what it would sound like. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that I was disappointed in, though, is that uh, if I shut it off, it oh, should end the call, shouldn't it? It should end the call. It that should. was it the should. whole reason why I wanted it. But I don't yeah. see me opening up the phone, you know, walking around with a tablet answering a call on a tablet size thing. Uh, definitely. So for me, I never unfold that thing. I just use the outer display, you know. Can you imagine the embarrassment though if you're on like a work call and you think it'll you think it'll cut it off and then you're still there? Yeah. Like, oh my you, god. You think you think you've flounced out, but actually you haven't. And then you're poking at the little screen trying to cut it off. You thought it's a flip phone and you think I've stormed out. Oh no, I'm still here. That's it's worse right, if you that... said, "Oh, so and so, such a pain to your yeah. colleague." Or yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. Oh my god, such an embarrassing situation. Yeah. It's like no, I'm still I... here, but I'm not. I've stormed off. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'll now, storm off properly. Tell me something, John. Does it hang up on the Samsung um, fold or the? Uh, yeah, that's what I was no, 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 it doesn't. So the more, the I think the more embarrassing thing would just be holding that thing up to your head opened up as a tablet. Like that to me is more embarrassing than it not hanging up. So yes, the flip will hang up because, you know, that's flip phone size, but these folding phones are not, they know nobody's going to be talking on this thing while it's open unless they have Bluetooth devices connected. No, presumably they might. It could be a meet call or a Skype call or a a Teams call. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, that would make sense. Why would you know, why wouldn't you do that, John? If I'm on a team call, or yeah, but you wouldn't Skype hold it to your head. A, a mid call, no, 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 you're, you're not holding it to your, your head. Face, you're just me. putting it on a stand. If, but if, if I'm think... done and I flip that thing, uh, you know, close, yeah, uh, it should end the damn it call. Uh, yeah, no, no, it doesn't. No, because you, it's not a phone call. When you're yeah. on meet, how do you hang up? You hit That's right. end call. That's... You don't. Slam yeah. your phone, so it's never been that, that is way, true. So. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the same way as like the magic tap. But, but like, meat, meat, yeah, but meat has also never really been on a flip phone until the flips came in, so it absolutely should work like that. Why shouldn't it so, work like that? So, when well, you it can't might work hang up, flip, I don't know when you can't hang up at the end, you go flipping oh, it, you do folding act. Yeah, I think that the whole idea is to be able to have that continuum, you know, being able to use it on the outer. Uh, screen and also on the inner or unfolded screen so i can see what they are doing but uh like i said for me personally i don't see me ever unfolding that it's, it's just not some i'm not a yeah, tablet because, kind of because guy. on these fold on the flip devices when you close it you're done using it on the fold you might just be closing it because you want to switch to the other screen so it's not gonna at least not by default it won't hang up maybe so, you should be able to set that 
So then I'm just curious because I know Donnie tried the um the Samsung and the Google. I tried the Samsung. So do you notice any differences? Like, you know, what any advantages like the Samsung have or Google, whatever? So I like the hardware of the Google better, but I like the software of Samsung better. Mm, so. Yeah. Yeah, I think I could agree because when I hold the Samsung in my hands, like the fold or the flip, I just I can feel it like it's very breakable. Um, like it can break easily. So I think I would agree with that. I haven't seen the Pixel, but I think I agree. And is that right, John, about the Samsung flip though? Isn't there an outer screen? There, there is an outer screen. Yeah, in the flip. That's not yeah, but, but, but like you, John's saying really there isn't. Like you should. It's, it's you, know, you, don't, you don't continue doing what you're doing on the outer screen it just turns yeah. into like a little notification it's more like a notification yeah exactly yeah, yeah, like the screen i think after calls or something it's it's very basic you know you can't use yeah. it for no. the app though yeah and, and, i think though if you shot if you shot a fold then it should you know or at least you should be able to set it to end whatever that process is i get the yeah, fact you want... always wants it to but yeah. it should yeah well like, john think... you were saying you can on the samsung weren't you yeah, something. and this no. is why Google Google corrected that, you know, with theirs because, I mean, I have this screen outside. I should be able to use it for other things. I don't need to have it, you know, unfolded all the time. And so I like the approach that Google took. No, the so Samsung mean? and Google take the both take the same approach for the foldable. The one the one that does hang up is the Flip, mm. the Samsung Flip, which Google does not have a, an equivalent of. Like, it used to be is... very satisfying, didn't it? When you, you know, in the old days, when you were really cross with somebody and you could just go, thank you then, bye. You know, you can't do that yeah, anymore. It's such a stress reliever if you're fighting with someone. You know? yeah. I never owned a flip. Didn't you? Nope. Never you didn't have flip. one of those really old phones with a little flap on it or a... Um, no, my I, I had maybe the even older phones, where it looked like that chubby little Sony, that chubby little Ericsson with the static aerial that beeped three times every time you turned it on, and it acquired. I had one of those, it. but it had a little flap at the bottom. No, mine didn't. That you closed over the buttons. It was really cool. I honestly think my biggest beef with the Pixel Fold is you can't change your inner versus outer screen. So your inner screen seems to be only reflective of what your outer screen is, where I believe with the Samsung, you can actually have two different screen layouts. So for me, that's a huge drawback. What made me laugh in Warren's review was he kept saying, but if you just want to use the outer screen, you can do this, this, this. And I was just sitting there going, but then why would you buy a fold? You just you could just buy an ordinary phone if you don't want to use the inner screen. Yeah, the so that was heavy. that was just from my bias because I'm never a tablet kind of person. So I got this not because I wanted a tablet. You know, I just wanted to see what it is, and and frankly, yeah. I don't see me using it. You know, it's not yeah. it's, it's not for me. You know, there are people that this would be just a perfect uh, work device for them. And I'm not in that camp, so I, I couldn't be seeing me, you know, uh, putting that thing up there. Nah, not for me. Yeah, and I think that's the big difference between why why I like the hardware of the Pixel Fold better is you never feel like you have to open the phone. 
you can. So obviously there are certain situations where um, you would want to use a tablet mode, like if you're doing apps side by side or if you're watching videos or something like that. But you never you never open it just because the outside screen is too cramped. And that's something I was coming across with the Samsung Fold is it's such a narrow screen that even using like a regular QWERTY keyboard becomes frustrating. You're like, ah, I guess I need to open this to get something done. You never feel like that with the Pixel Fold, but I think that's... But if you don't, if you don't have to open it, what's the point? No, you don't have okay. to. Well, you never feel like you have to open it to just do regular things, is what I'm saying. So Obviously, it's not it's being imposed on you. Situation. You're not being yeah. forced to open the, the inner screen. Yeah, I get that. Coming up next, our app of the week, in which we show you how to use the app and review its accessibility. You can submit your recording for this segment. Email it to us at contactus at blindandroidusers.com. For the week, and I demonstrate the Google Calendar. Hello, everyone. I'm Ed Green, and this week I'm demonstrating the Google Calendar app. It's fairly self-explanatory. It's an app that helps you track events, uh, tasks, and provides reminders of things that you need to do. We probably could spend quite a few weeks looking at the different features of Google Calendar, but I'm just really bringing you a quick overview of the app today. We'll take a look at uh, navigating the calendar, some of the different views that are on offer. We'll create events in a couple of different ways. And I'll also show you some, though by no means all, of the app's different settings. So I'm going to go ahead and open up uh, Google Calendar. Calendar. Search button. And we're in the calendar app. It's landed on uh, one of the buttons. Now, it's worth exploring the top row of the calendar app uh, initially, so just below your status bar, because there are some key controls here. So I'm going to start on the left. Show calendar list and settings door button. So in here, you can find the different calendars that you have access to on your Google phone each uh, sorry, on your Android phone even, each uh, Google account you sign into on your phone will have its own calendars. I have quite a few. Uh, you can also find uh, settings and a couple of other things that you can enable, but we'll have a look at that in a minute. So if I carry on exploring to the right, here is where you would change the date that you're currently viewing. We'll talk about views in a minute, but uh, this is this is the date picker. So if you double tap on that, you can you can navigate uh, to specific uh, dates. Um, unlike Google Calendar on the web, there's unfortunately no uh, go to button, so you can't type a date in manually. You're going to have to explore it on here, but uh, it's not it's not particularly difficult. So I'll carry on exploring. Right, search button. Search uh, will let you search for a specific event. Maybe you can't remember what it is, but you vaguely know what it is. You might want to come in here and do that. Jump to the date button. 
Very important button this. If you are navigating your calendar, maybe you've gone into the date picker uh, and you want to get back to the day, then this is where you're going to come to do it. A nice handy button. And we're towards the uh, top right-hand corner of the app. It's not in the exact top right-hand corner because there you have... Sign in the network green or green one. Jump to the day button. Yeah, the thing you have on the Play Store and other Google apps as well, where you get into your Google account uh, and settings. You don't get into your calendar settings that way, interestingly enough. Uh, so I'm going to go back uh, to the, the, the left-hand side, and we'll, and we'll move down the screen now. Wednesday, June 28, 2023. Open day view. So it announced today's date, and it said open day view. Now... I can do that, and I'll do that in a minute. What we're currently in is what it calls schedule view. Some calendars call this agenda view. Uh, and what you have is you have all your events broken up by day. So you can swipe and swipe and swipe and swipe, or slide your finger down the screen, and it will uh, tell you various uh, things. It'll just keep going. It's not a view defined by a time frame particularly. I don't have a great deal of events in my personal calendar, but but I'll show you what I mean when I swipe. Nothing planned. After create. So it's saying nothing planned, and I could uh, create an event from there. Uh, I'm not going to. I'll just carry on and show you. July 2023. So it's missed out the 29th and 30th entirely because I don't I don't actually have any events. So it's not it's not bothered uh, telling me I have nothing planned. It's just it's just skipped it. Obviously, uh, the focus is on the the current day when you open a calendar, almost in any view. So that's why uh, today was handled differently. Three July 9th. <laughs> three, three July ninth, the third to the ninth of July. Uh, uh, I, I suspect that's because of the way the text processing on my text to speech works, coupled with my uh, language format choices for my phone. So I have a UK phone, but a US English text to speech, which is why you, you, you possibly get a slightly garbled uh, date range. I'll keep going though. Ten July sixteenth, Thursday, July thirteenth, twenty twenty-three. Open day view. Ah, so, so so we're coming up with a day with an event on it. So let's carry on. Ask top up tablet data all day. Yeah, so top up tablet data. Uh, I have uh, unlimited data on one of my SIM cards, and the network allows you to transfer up to a hundred gig to other SIM cards as many as you like. So uh, obviously that's cheaper than, than than buying them data themselves. So on the day that the unlimited data refreshes, uh, uh, I transfer that data. So you're hearing how it's handling it. It's pulled up the specific day. So I'm going to go back to uh, today. Why don't we use that button in the uh, Towards the top right. Jump to the day button. Wednesday, June 28th, 2023. Open day view. So it says I can open day view. I can also do this in the uh, the very first button we looked at that takes us into calendars and the, into the drawer, essentially. Uh, before I do that, though, there's one other area of the screen I want to show you. Now we've essentially navigated at the top and what's on it. And that is the bottom right-hand corner. Create new event and more button. Create new event and more. And we'll go in here in a minute. Um, you also might recall that another way to do that was when we heard uh, that we had nothing planned for today. It said double tap to create. That would do the same thing. So let's have let's go back uh, towards the top of the screen, just below that line of buttons we talked about. Wednesday, June 28th, 2023. Open day so I can open day view from here, and I'm actually going to do that. Uh, rather than going to the menu, that you'll see when we do into the drawer that uh, the views are there as well. So I'll double tap. No haptics, instantly. It has changed, though. 
So uh, no haptic, no uh, anything really from Talkback to to denote that. So let's see what we've got now. Wednesday, June twenty eighth, twenty twenty three. Open schedule view. So. If I double tap again, uh, that's essentially a toggle that would put us back into that schedule or agenda view that we just looked at. Create new event and more button. And because I have nothing scheduled for today, uh, the first thing is create event. Wednesday, June 28th, 2023. Open schedule view. Now, the other good thing about day view is that I can move days relatively easily. I can do a two finger swipe left. It, it's a one finger swipe for sighted users, obviously, to uh, go to a later day. Thursday, June 29th, 2023, open Friday, June 30th, 2023, open schedule view. And I can come back with a two-finger swipe right. Thursday, June 29th, 2023, open schedule view. Wednesday, June 28th, 2023, open schedule view. And that's the other nice thing about TalkBack, of course. That's an Android gesture, but if you want to perform it, all you do is add a finger. Uh, so, if, so if you're asking someone how to use the calendar, you can just add a finger to what they tell you to do. Nice feature, underrated feature of TalkBack and Android. So let's have a look at creating an event then. So I'm going to double tap that uh, button we talked about. Create new event and more button. Event button. So what do we have? We have event. Task button. Working location button. So if I'm sharing my calendar in a work context, working location can be helpful because it can tell people where I am. If they think they can catch me in the office, but actually I've set a location to home, they'll know they can't. They'll know that if they want to meet me that day, they'll need to include some sort of virtual option. Uh, so uh, people underuse this feature in a work context in my view especially given the greater increase of hybrid working post covid uh, but it is there out of office button and i can tell people that i'm out of office cancel button i don't want to cancel out so i'm going to go back to event event button i'll double tap add, add, add title show in english uk qwerty now i've been invited to a barbecue uh, in a couple of weeks so i may as well put this in Capital B, out of list. Capital B. Rock capital B. N. November. B. B. Q. Quebec. Q. Now in the top right hand here, I have a save button. Editing. BBQ. Save. Button. Out of list. Editing. BBQ. Edit box. That's title. One of 23. And list. 23 items. That is a little bit premature because I haven't actually set anything else yet. So let, let's carry on and see what else we can do in here. Button, events, so that's telling me uh, where it's being saved. I could change this and set one of the other addresses on my phone uh, and it would save in that calendar instead. I don't need to do that. All day off, switch, 5 of 23. It's not an all day event, but that's quite helpful. Start date, red, June 28, 2023. So it isn't today. I'm going to double tap on start date. Keyboard hidden, Wednesday, June 28, 2023. 2023, out of list. Red, June 28th. So it is in 2023. I'm going to double tap the day. Select month and day. Previous month, button. Next month, button. It is in July, so I'm going to hit next month. Seems the most simple way to do it. Page 1483 of 2412. July 1st, 2023. And pager. July 2nd, 2023. It's actually on July the 11th, so I'm just going to carry on like this. July 11th, 2023. Tuesday, July 11th, 2023. Selected. I just double tapped it to set it. Okay, but cancel button. Okay, button. We actually want an okay button, which is below all of that, but it's not in the bottom right. It's about a third of the way uh, down the screen. 
BBQ. Showing English. UK. QWERTY. Calendar. Start date. Tuesday, July 11th, 2023. 5 of 23. Enlist. 73 so items. The start date is set. Start time. 0630. No, it's not at 630 in the morning. Uh, I'll go in and change that. 0630. Select hours. 06. Out of list. Keyboard hidden. 7. 8. 9. 10. 11. 12. 13. 14. 15. 16. 17. 18. 19. 19. 20. Selected. 19. OK. Button. BBQ. Calendar. Start time. 1935 of 23. Enlist. 23 items. So the minutes were right. So it's uh, set now for 7.30 or 19.30 as it has it. End date. Tuesday, July 11th, 2023. End time. 2030. It'll be longer than that now, but I don't really need an end date. The only, the only uh, end time, the only purpose for setting that is if I'm worried that something else is going to go in over the top of it. As long as I have a start time for this event, actually, it's fine. Button, British summer time, 6 of 23. I can change the time zone here. Button, does not repeat, 7 of 23. It's not a recurring event, although if we went into here, we could find all sorts of recurrence options if we wanted, uh, you know, weekly, monthly certain weekly on certain days or you know all sorts of that as you might imagine in a calendar you can go in and explore that if you like add people 9 of 23 do i want to invite anybody no uh, i'm not hosting it so this is just a reminder to me to turn up new schedules button 10 of 23 i don't need to view anyone's schedules button add video conferencing 12 of 23 uh that would be boring that would be a virtual barbecue i don't really want to go to that Button, add location, 14 of 23. I could add a location. I know where it is, though, but there I could just type in a location uh, if I wanted to. That's fairly self-explanatory. 30 minutes before, 16 of 23. 30 minutes before. That This is obviously talking about the reminder, although it doesn't say it. 30 minutes is plenty because it's about a 15-minute walk away. Remove notification button. If I don't want it to notify me, I can do that. Button, add notification, 17 of 23. If I want to customize it or add a different notification... Button, default color, 19 of 23. I don't really care what color the appointment is. Add description, edit box, 21 of 23. I don't need a description. Uh, I could, you know, if this were a meeting request, say, and I wanted to provide more information that was in the title, then I might put that here. Button, add attachment, 23 of 23. If I wanted to add meeting papers or an attachment, I could do that. Uh, so, I don't, because it's a barbecue. And as I said, the save button was in the top right-hand corner. Button, events, or green one, save, button, out of list. So I'll double tap save. Wednesday, June 28th, 2023, open schedule view. So let's go see if it's there. Getting there via uh, day view is going to be a bit slow, so I'll double tap on uh, schedule view, that toggle we talked about. And now I'll explore, and we should find one more event than we had previously. Nothing planned. Tap to create. That's for today, obviously. July 2023. 3 July 9th. 10 July 16th. Tuesday, July 11th, 2023. Open day view. BBQ 1930-2030. And there it is. I didn't have to open day view to see that. Uh, it was associated with this day. I'm going to go into this now. I'll double tap it. View event. BBQ. Unlabeled. Now, I could edit it or uh, I can delete it. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to go into more options at the top. More options. Button. Pop-up window. Delete and list. View event. BBQ. Delete this event out of list. Cancel button. Delete button. View event. Now, while that's perfectly doable from uh, your phone screen, uh, and there may be reasons you want to do that, 
you can, of course, do it uh, a different way. We could get Google Assistant to do this for us. So uh, why don't I see if that works? Home button. Create an event. What's the title of the event? Barbecue. All right. When is the event? The 11th of July, 2023. At what time? 7.30 p.m. Okay, barbecue on the 11th of July at 7.30 p.m. Do you want to save that? Yes. Sure, I added it. So let's see if that works. Calendar. Search button. July 2023. 3 July 9th. 10 July 16th. Tuesday, July 11th, 2023. Open debut. Barbecue 1930-2030. And there it is. I have found this to be a little bit glitchy. There was a time where, fairly recently, earlier in 2023, where the assistant would only create events for the current day, regardless of when you said the event was. They do seem to have fixed that. What I have found, though, is if you try and invoke Google Assistant from the calendar, it won't always create the event. It says it's done it and there's absolutely nothing there. So what I did prior to doing that was to exit uh, the calendar by hitting the home screen, getting the assistant to do it and uh, doing that. And you can experiment by stringing together uh, more of the instructions than I did there. So, so you could include the date and time. You could try and go it all in one go. If, if you do find the glitches, though, use smaller pieces of information. Uh, I don't know if it's that the, the, the sorts of strings you use to create the event and the and, and the amount of natural language options you include at once has an impact as well. I haven't troubleshot all the variables, but uh, if you want a, a fail-safe way to get it to work, do it from outside the calendar and ask it one thing at a time. Um, uh, it seems, and to me anyway, uh, to be slightly more reliable that way. Obviously, your your mileage may vary. So we'll now go into the calendar list and settings drawer by tapping that button at the top left. Show calendar list and settings drawer button. Menu list. So the first thing you have here are different views. I mentioned the toggle where you can change day view to schedule view. But if I uh, explore this, you'll see there are... Schedule view selected. Day view. Free day view. Week view. Month view. And they will work as you might imagine they would work. And the two-finger swipes left and right will also change the three-day week and month to the next and previous uh, or previous and next uh, periods. So what we have following that are the ability to turn off events or tasks for each of the Google accounts set up on your phone. I'm not going to show you all of that. As I mentioned at the start, I have a lot of them. So I will scroll down towards the bottom and show you a couple of other things you may want to change. Birthdays. And that will show you birthdays if you've entered them into your contacts. Uh, that can be quite handy uh, if you've put dates of birth in uh, for family and friends. Holidays. Untick. Holidays. Now, I untick this. I don't particularly need holidays on my calendar. Literally, all I want from my calendar is to tell me what I have to do today. Settings. So I'll show you a few uh, settings categories. By by no means all, because uh, there are there are quite a lot in here. Uh, so I'll double tap. 
Settings. Back. Button. Out of list. Settings. More options. Button. General. One of 18. And list. 18 items. So we'll go into general first of all. General. General. Start of the week. Monday. One of 17. And list. 17 items. So it's not the start of the week in every location. Obviously, that might be that might be Sunday in, 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 in some jurisdictions. Use devices time zone on switch 2 of 17. Fairly sensible, probably. Time zone, British summer time GMT plus one sun, disabled, 3 of 17. Alternative calendar, no alternative calendar, 4 of 17. If I turned devices time zone off, I could obviously adjust the previous option about British summer time. I'm not going to do that. I don't want to use an alternative calendar either, so we'll carry on. Show week number off, switch, 5 of 17. I, I really don't need a week number, that's fine. <laughs> Show declined events on switch 6 of 17. Show declined events. Now, this is interesting in a work context. For me, I don't particularly like it. Uh, it means my calendar's too cluttered. Uh, my personal calendar uh, isn't particularly cluttered, so, so I'm not going to turn this off. But um, you, you can do, and I do indeed on my work uh, Google Calendar. Display shorter entries the same size as 30 minute entries off switch 7 of 17. So visually... Depending on how long the calendar event is, you can adjust uh, how it looks. Um, not particularly uh, useful for screen reader users, so uh, uh, do as you will with that setting. Default event duration, 8 of 17. So you can change default event duration if you want. Typically it's, half, uh, typically it's an hour. Uh, you can shorten that, and you can change it for each calendar as well. C-O-N, entrance story, copper, green, 1,000, my main cancel, one. 15 minutes, enlist. 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, ticked, 60, 90 minutes, 120, cancel, button, out of... I'll just hit cancel to get out of this. Settings, or green 1,900, M-I-C-H-I-K-O-G, oh, back again. Back, button, out of list, general, general, adding invitations, 9 of 17. Let's go see what we have in the adding invitations section. And in here we have... Add invitations to my calendar, only if the center is known, 7 of 13. Let others see all invitations, if they have permission, to view or edit my events. Off. Switch. 8 of 13. So that's really about who can who can uh, send you invitations and who can see them. So you can go in and change that as you like. Back. Button. Out of. General. General. Add video conferencing. 10 of 17. So you can go in here. If you want your events to come by default with video conferencing, you can do that rather than having to add them on an event-by-event -event basis. I'd be careful with this, especially for in-person meetings, because people may not show up. We've had that a few times uh, during uh, sort of hybrid working arrangements where people have defaulted to that and have forgotten essentially that it's on and then wondered why uh, no one turned up in their physical meeting room uh, and obviously they didn't connect to the device so uh, be slightly careful about that setting theme system default 11 of 17 notifications 12 of 17 let's see what we have here notify on this device on switch 13 of 17 pretty sensible i would have said calendar notifications 14 of 17 Go in there and have a look at the net, what notifications you could have. Tasks notifications, 15 of 17. You can change default notifications by going to the individual calendar. For example, events, 16 of 17. Quick responses, 17 of 17. So you can, as, as it said, uh, have different notifications and events for different calendars. Um, let me back out of back here. Button out of settings. Events from Gmail, 2 of 18. Uh, let's go and have a look at events from Gmail. I'm not going to go into all of this, but it is quite interesting. So we'll, we'll double tap on that. That's the next settings category. Events from Gmail. Events from Gmail. 
Show events from Gmail on switch two of eight and list eight privacy of email events only me three of eight. So what does show events from Gmail mean? Gmail can automatically create events that can be displayed on your calendar. These events will help you keep track of things like flights and other reservations. To get events from Gmail, you must also turn on smart features and personalization in Gmail settings. Learn more. Eight of eight. I'm not going to in, go into how to turn on the necessary Gmail settings to have that happen. Uh, could be helpful, uh, depending on if you like how uh, Gmail creates the events. You may prefer to keep more control over that and uh, turn it off. Back button. Up. Settings. Settings. Back button. Events. 4 of 18. Tasks. 5 of 18. What you have in the next part of settings is the ability to control events and tasks for the different accounts on the device, and I'm not going to go into that. Birthdays, 17 of 18. Holidays, 18 of 18. And here you have birthdays and holidays. I've told you about birthdays in terms of them coming from your contacts. Let's go see what holidays has to say for itself. Holidays, holidays, back, button, holidays, more options, button. Color, Eucalyptus, National Holidays, United Kingdom, 6 of 13. Add Religious Holidays, 7 of 13. So if we're going to Religious Holidays. Religious Holidays, Christian Holidays, Enlist. Hindu Holidays, Jewish Holidays, Muslim Holidays, Orthodox Holidays. Cancel, button, out of lip, okay, button, cancel. So there are the different sorts of holidays you can add. As I say, I don't particularly want holidays on my calendar. If you have turned holidays off, as I have, they're all going to be unchecked when you go into them. If holidays are on, they're going to be checked and you can just reverse the ones you don't want in either scenario. And that concludes this demonstration of the Google Calendar. I doubt there's much to say about calendar. Anyone got anything to say about that? I don't really use the calendar yeah. because I I just say the wake words and make my appointments. I mean, so I am using the calendar, but I just tend to make my appointments by saying the words and saying, you know, the wake words, hey, G word, and then um, make appointment for Tuesday at 3 p.m., dentist or whatever it is and then if I've forgotten when it is I could ask it when my dentist appointment is so it's it's good to have a demo of how the calendar actually works because I I don't Uh, really look at it coming up next is the tip of the week stay tuned for tips tricks and more about android And now we move to our tip of the week, where Warren demonstrates how to remove devices from the Google Assistant if you find it's getting a bit laggy and you've bought lots of phones and speakers and everything else. So here he goes to streamline all of that. Hi. For episode 135 tip of the week, this is demonstrating how to de-link some of your Assistant devices that are linked to your account. This popped up for me earlier this week, I think it was on Thursday, out of nowhere there was this pop-up saying there were too many assistant devices on my account and that if I wanted a faster response from the assistant, I needed to remove some of these devices I haven't used in a while. If you haven't seen that coming up, I'll show you how to go about finding where that is in the event that you would like to remove devices that you no longer have, for example, because every time that you use an assistant on 
your account, it gets added to the list of assistant devices. And so if you've sold some devices or whatever the case may be, or even when you do a reset, that is a factory reset, and you set up the phone again, it counts it as a new device getting added. I had over 160 devices, but the actual devices were 40 as to the remaining of them, which are basically resets and all of that. There are a couple of ways of doing so. The first one involves bringing up the Google app itself and then tapping on your username on the top right, then scroll down, tap on the settings. And now that you've tapped on the settings, then you scroll down, go find the assistant and tap on it. And then you will go tap on devices. The second method, however, is the one I'm using, which is basically bringing up the assistant app itself and then tap on where it talks about the assistant avatar, the menu. Here's what I'm talking about. User avatar icon tap for Google Assistant menu button. There we go. So I tap here. Assistant settings. Popular settings. Heading. Now we are in the assistant just like if we had gone through the Google settings and all of that and tapping on the assistant. We'll land on the same place. The item we're looking for here will be devices that are linked to our assistant. Now Instead of scrolling down to go find that because it's way down there, you may simply want to tap on the search found near the top of the screen and type the word devices. That's what I'm going to do. So I'll now put my finger down and tap on search. Search settings. Search settings. And I'll tap. Search settings. Edit box. Now I'm going to type devices or maybe D-E-V-I. Showing English. U-S-Q-W-E-R-G-Y. So I'll go ahead and type D D E E V V I I C C E E S S. I have typed devices and now I'll put my finger near the top and Showing items one to three of three. What I'm looking for is the item that says devices linked to my assistant. Devices. Manage devices that are linked to your assistant. One of three. In list. Three items. Window assistant settings. That's the one I want. Keyboard hidden. Assistant settings. Navigate up. Button. Out of list. Now, upon tapping on that, we're on a window that shows all of our active devices. And, you know, putting my finger down, showing you the example of some of the devices on my account. Chromecast. Dining room. Dis- office Wi-Fi. The cat. Chromecast. So things like that. Now, at the bottom of the list of the active devices, you're going to find something that says, Free up space and improve your experience by removing devices that haven't been used in three months or more. Remove unused devices. This is where all those dormant devices are found. So if I tap here, Assistant settings. Controller web feature progress bar. Progress bar. In progress. Web view. Now, if I put my finger near the top, Remove unused assistant devices. Heading 1. And moving down. Get a faster assistant by removing devices that haven't been used in three months or more. This means your other assistant devices won't be able to communicate with the devices you removed. To add a device back, just use your assistant on that device. Okay. All devices, zero. Now we're in the list and it says all devices, zero, because I had cleaned mine out. But if you have devices you haven't used and you haven't cleaned up, you'll see those devices here. Now, there's a checkbox that will say select all unused devices, 
or to the right of each of those unused devices will be a checkbox. So if you want to check them one by one, you could check them one by one by checking the checkbox that is found to the right of each of those devices that are listed, or simply tap on select all and it will check all of them. Now, whether you check them all or select one by one, at the bottom right of the screen is going to be a button that says remove. Tapping on that remove now takes you to another dialog that says, hey, are you sure you want to do this? Removing this is going to set them back to the factory reset. It's going to reset them back to factory defaults. What that means is not talking about the fact that your phone or anything is going to be reset back to the factory defaults. Rather, what this implies is that when you do this, the assistant on that device is going to be set back to its factory default. It's not going to have uh, your customization. So you need to enable the assistant on there again to customize it. And that's all that that is about. And now you know how to go about resetting your assistant devices or removing assistant devices that are linked to your account that you no longer use. All good things must end. Thus, it's curtain drawing time, bringing us to the close of this week's episode. Coming up, though, we give you information on how to get hold of us. Austin, how can people get in touch with us? To contact us, you can send an email to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. You can join a mailing list by sending an email to blindandroidusers plus subscribe at groups.io. You can join our Telegram, Facebook, Discord, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. The links for everything will be at the bottom of the show notes and also in the video description of the YouTube channel. And also the links are in the websites panel of the YouTube channels. That's it for this week, folks. Hope you've enjoyed it. Say goodbye to the people, everybody. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Thank you.